Welcome to Co-Creation Station with Colin and Stephanie, a podcast about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, and how to enjoy this strange and miraculous journey we call life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now here are your hosts, Colin and Stephanie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Co-Creation Station, the podcast where we talk about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, the mind-body-spirit connection, and how to best enjoy this mystical, miraculous, mysterious, crazy, sometimes confounding, but always incredible journey we call life. My name is Colin. I'm a teacher, tarot, oracle card reader, and I'm also a singer and guitarist in the rock band Red Treasure, and I'm located in beautiful, sunny North Hollywood, California. Hello everyone, my name is Stephanie Orlina. I am a transformational life coach and I help people shift away from negative thinking and I am in San Diego, California. I'm just so looking forward to finding out what you demonstrate for us on the YouTube version today. <laughs> how to do something. Anyway, uh, we want to thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, at this time we're posting a brand new episode for you every single Monday morning. Uh, we really appreciate you doing whatever your platform allows you to do to support the podcast, liking us, following us, subscribing to us, leaving us a comment, writing us a review. Uh, we always like uh, hearing from you, and we're grateful for your support, and all of that also helps other people find us, which is even better. Um, each week, we start our discussion from a different jumping-off point, and this week, we're going to start off by talking about something that we sort of finished last week's episode. We kind of came around to this uh, topic of the difference between inspired action that you know we do when we're feeling good and we feel like we're led to it by our higher self and we're in the flow with the universe and all that and the difference between that and being in resistance and trying to make things happen with action but like having a negative vibration while we do the action effort yeah efforting 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 yes yeah. go for it <laughs> Oh, I thought you were the well. You were the one that said you wanted to talk. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I did. Um, I was when you were talking about that in last week's episode. I was thinking about a friend had asked. We were getting together, and she's like, "Oh, let's go to the park and lie under a tree." And I'm like thinking, "Okay," because I'm used to when I get together with a girlfriend, like we'll meet up at a coffee shop and have tea and just kind of hang out and chat. And oh my God, the best <laughs> thing ever. We, especially because that was at the beginning of the heat wave that we San Diego just had. Mm -hmm. And this park, there were lots of beautiful trees, lots of shade, you know, grass. I'd, I, luckily, I had a towel in my car and I just, we just laid out and sat under the tree. There were hummingbirds like hovering below the tree. And we just had the best time ever. I had a beverage with me, so you know me, I like to drink a lot of water and this and that. And when we were done, it was, I felt like I do when I, after I get a massage, I was in bliss. Mm. And, um, and I thought I am adding that into my repertoire of self-care, mm. you know, and things to do with friends. But, you know, talking about that effort in action and action, it kind of reminds me of when I turned 50 and I was so happy and so excited about all these things that I was going to do with my family and friends to celebrate my 50th. And in my joy for that six weeks prior to my birthday, I allowed in three clients like organically, like, <laughs> yes, three. <laughs> and it was awesome. And it got to show me, I experienced like, 
I don't have to effort in order to get something I want that in my joy, I can attract things that I, I, I think that I have to do all this, take all of these actions. And that's the power of the vortex. It's already in there. I just have to have access to it and be an energetic match to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the honest truth is, and this is a really great discussion because it's bringing my awareness to this thing that I've, I've been aware of for a while, but I need to bring my awareness to it more often uh, because it's something I'm really challenged by, which is checking in with my higher self or inner being higher power source, whatever, however you want to think about that, um, as to what is the thing that would feel, not necessarily like, it's not always like the most fun or the, the greatest or whatever, but like what feels right to do next? Mm -hmm. Like what honestly feels right to do next? And sometimes that will be something that is fun or it's rest or it's um, self-care or something like that. But sometimes it's hard stuff. Like sometimes it's, you know, doing some financial paperwork I'm not crazy about doing. But if I really check in with myself and my higher self, it's like, oh, it's time to do that, you know? Yeah. Like it's time to do that. And I feel like a lot of my life, it's like I'm not checking in with that voice. I'm not checking in with how do I feel? Do I feel like I'm in flow? And therefore, let's make a decision about what to do from that point. I'm usually, I got these two voices inside my head that I, I'm sure I just picked up from childhood or whatever, from listening to other people. And one of them is like, um, you know, like a mean boss. And the other one is like, um, you know, or maybe some people think about it like the, the angel on one shoulder, the demon on the other, you know, it's sort of like the other voice is like, ah, forget it. You don't need to worry about any of that, you know. Yeah. And it's like super irresponsible, super doesn't want to ever do anything. And so I, I feel like a lot of my life, like to get myself to do things, it's like this battle in my head between this mean voice that's like trying to force me to do things and this like completely irresponsible, immature voice that doesn't want to do anything. Yes. And it's just those two negotiating. But anytime oh, that I up, really man. get quiet and check in, like, you know, meditate or whatever and get like really quiet and go like, what's the... Thing that would feel right to do now mm -hmm. it's there like it's there yeah, like it's yeah. it's like it's computer programming or I something like it's already that. there yeah that's yeah. the self-care thing that's, i think that's where that mature healthy adult comes in is that connection yeah. to that source that energy that that you know we can't see but we feel and i think that some of us feel connected to often we do those practices that help us do that um, and when you were saying that, you know, like you should, it, I have a friend who always says that um, critical inner parent, you know, yeah. in the last episode we were talking about inner child, but yeah. we also have these, I think, inner parents too. And, yeah. and with the inner child work, I learned how to be like, oh, I can be like the inner parent and parent her and be the, the loving, kind, gentle parent that I, you know, I always wanted as a kid, but didn't have. And so it's my job as an adult now to step in in that role and do that, you know, perfectly yeah. imperfect. Um, but I, I, yeah, and you know, when you're talking about doing the hard things, I think sometimes for me, what I do is like, I'll do the hard thing and then I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna go like chill for 15 minutes or I'm gonna like 
draw or whatever. Go I'll go outside and sit in the swing and just kind of listen to some comedy or do something that is just the opposite of what I just had to do and, you know, take a 10 or five minute break, whatever it may be. Um, it kind of softens that like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I, I need to. Yeah. I think we've talked about that before, that there really is, it sounds like a big ask and it is, but um, I don't think it necessarily has to be that there's a way to make almost anything maybe not super fun, but to, to approach it with a good feeling. And that good feeling may just be coming from the thought of, you know, I feel really good doing this because I'm taking really good care of myself. And it doesn't, it's not necessarily like, ooh, I'm having the time of my life, I'm partying, I'm having so much fun. But it's like, it's still a good feeling, like if you're doing some sort of self-care thing. Yeah. And, um, that you need well, maybe to do. Maybe not like a good feeling, but a better feeling than that. Yeah. I yeah. Don't want to do that, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think um, you know, I I am driven crazy, uh, not as bad as I was in the past, but uh, still, it happens where because I just feel like, especially there's this thing called hustle culture that's been happening in the last five or ten years in America at least, and it's just this um, sort of subculture that's on social media and the internet and YouTube as well of like people like trying to preach about how to be successful and it's just all like you've got to work harder, you've got to work harder, you've got to work harder. Like the whole secret to success is just hard work. Just like the, the less sleep you get, the more effort you put in, the more tired you are. <laughs> the more successful you don't really talk about what that looks like on the other end of that you know the the person's either depressed doesn't have a healthy relationship you know or is drinking or using drugs to get through the difficulty of that yeah i mean it's yeah it's neglecting their family because they're working you know 80 hours a week and so they have no joy but on the outside they look successful but on the inside they're you know and to each their own. Like, it's just well, like, not really, though, because, uh, I mean, if you can find a way, like, I understand, like, as a musician, I've talked to you about this before, when I go into the recording studio to make an album, um, I have to be a different kind of careful, because I'm so in the vortex, I'm having so much fun, and I'm loving and, and the process and being so happy for so long. I do actually have to go out of my way a little bit to focus on self-care. Like I have to remember to eat. I have to remember to go home at a certain hour and like get some sleep to come back the next day because I'm having so much fun. I'm just like, my brain kind of is like, oh, we could do this forever, man. Like, yeah, we, can, yeah, we, don't need, yeah. we don't need sleep. We don't need to eat. And um, so, I mean, I think that if, if you can, if, if I can be in a place where I've got a good feeling going, a good vibration going, mm-hmm. then that means that I can do a lot of things with passion, with, with fervor, with gusto, whatever you want to say, oh, yeah. over the course of the day. But nobody, I, I mean, to me, you know, my sister Kelly, who's been on the show before, you know, always tells me to put this disclaimer in, like, I am not a medical doctor. I did not go to medical school. However, (laughs) I mean, to me, I think it's pretty obvious that human beings need sleep. Human beings need 
healthy food. Human beings need a certain amount of water on a certain time frame. Like those things, you know, they need rest. They need, um, they can't be going at a high stress level all the time. I mean, and there is this myth that you can't, either that you can do that and it'll, it'll all be fine, or that you can do it, there will be health consequences or mental health consequences or damage to your life consequences, but it'll be worth it because of the big payoff of success, money, fame, whatever, you know. Or that that's the only way to get that. Yeah. And yeah, that isn't true. Well, that's the other that when people say, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but that's one of the quotes that drives me crazy is whenever anybody says something to the effect of the only way to be successful, at least in 2022 in the United States of America, is to work really, really hard at something. And I'm like, there are so many people who are just like living the. I mean, not everyone, but like there are people living the life who've done no work in their life whatsoever. You know, there are people who they they have done the work, but there's a, a balance to it. They have found a way to do what but, they love. But I'm just thinking, yes, absolutely. But I'm just thinking, like, there are people who are born into wealth who did nothing and they're wealthy. And and there are actually people that will go on like national television in the United States and say the only way you can make a lot of money in this world is to work really hard your whole life. And it's like that guy was born. That's how he got rich. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not getting into the value judgment or anything around that. I'm just saying like obviously that's not. I get really bothered by things that are just clearly not true, but people say them like they're obviously true. Yeah. And like when people say like the only way you can be financially successful in America is to work really hard all the time, right. it's like. Clearly, there are lots of people who are super wealthy that don't do that. So it's not that you shouldn't work hard from time to time. It's not that you shouldn't have a good work ethic or anything like that. It's just that working yourself to death is always going to have some sort of life or health consequence that you don't want or both. And there are other ways to do it. And like we were talking about last week. So let's talk about that. Let's okay. talk about um, this inspired action and being in alignment and attracting what you want. Mm -hmm. How do you have stories of that? About being in alignment? Yeah. And then, and then not knowing that you were going to get what you wanted because you were in alignment and then it happened. I think maybe if you have an example, I would get, understand a little bit more what you're trying to get and go for here. Well, Sorry. kind of like what I was saying about in my joy of, of the anticipation of celebrating my 50th birthday, mm -hmm. um, all kinds of really cool stuff happened because I was in that higher vibration and it wasn't, oh, yeah. I wasn't concerned. Cause I did, I was like, I think I needed like $5,000 or something. It was some high amount. And, yeah. um, and I was like, I don't, I had like close to half of that. And, um, but then all this stuff happened that I didn't expect would, and it ended up being fabulous. And, and then attracting three clients. I wasn't promoting, I wasn't, you know, trying to get out there and have, get clients. And actually these three people actually came to me. I was just living life and they approached me. And I, I just remember after each one, I was like, huh. How'd that happen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like that, what's, what's one of, one of your stories? That... Oh, well that, I mean, that's, 
I mean, a lot of my music career has been like that. Um, I mean, I remember when I was, when I booked our first tour for my first, my first real band in New York City, Victor Bravo, um, I, I booked our first tour and I had no idea what I was doing. And I, I think, I think even my bandmate thought it was a little crazy. Certainly all of our musician friends in New York thought we were crazy because like we were just in this weird, I mean, a lot of bands don't tour until they get a certain level of success. Like they need to be signed or whatever before they feel comfortable going out and touring. And I just was like, I just want to go play around the country. I don't care. Like, I don't, so I, awesome. I honestly don't care how this happens. I just wanted, I'm just very impatient yeah. about it because it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> we just and got so to go do it. Another, another band that we, we knew, we weren't to say friends with them, but we'd done shows with them and stuff. We knew them. Um, I was following them on social media and they, they did a tour through the Midwest. And so I did this weird thing. I knew about it ahead of time. Like I, I saw the announcement before they left. And so I, uh, waited until the day uh, that they were going to play to these venues in the Midwest. And the following day, I called that venue and said, oh, we're also a band, we have a similar music style to the band from New York that just played last night. Could we play at your place some other time when we go on tour? And that, I mean, at that time in my life, that was just something I did not do. I, something today, I still like, there are phone calls I need to make that I just, I'm like, eh, Dude, that's that is badass. That Was that yeah. inspired action? Like, where yeah. did that come from? Well, that's what, I think that's the first example of me talking about it because it was just, I, there was no, I didn't read a book about like, oh, here's how you tour or here's how you should book a tour or whatever. That was just like, I wanted to tour we were already performing and I was having a blast at the shows. I think we were, we were driving up to Boston every now and then cause we had some contacts up there. So we were already kind of like, you know, doing like a one show tour essentially. Yeah. Um, but, um, I just love that so much that I think my, you know, I think my brain and my vibration were just like, yeah. how, how can we do more? How can we do more? And you were and, listening to the story of, well, you can't tour until that, yeah. like people's yeah. story. I mean, honest, and that, this is the other thing about these things that people say, and I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I, I've probably even said stuff oh, to you. Yeah, you like, I do like, it all the time. I'm like, on. is yeah. that true? And I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, I would have, I would have my musician friends in New York City tell me like, it's unless you're on a label or unless blah blah blah, like it's yeah. too expensive. Okay. People won't come to the show because they don't know who you are. Da da da, da. and um, it's just like my vibration was just in a different vibration than that. It's I like, think that's what is so badass yeah. is to be so into the vortex that higher vibration that yeah. people can say stuff in, in yeah. like negative, and, and you're just like it just bounces right off you because yeah. you're just like not even in that realm. Yeah, I love that feeling. I've been there so many times, yeah. and it's like super awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I wasn't thinking one day like, oh, how do we tour? I think I think I was in that vibration of like, I would love you to tour, I want to tour. Yeah. And then I just, you know, I followed oh. bands we knew and we were friends with on social media because I was trying to like do shit, you know, book shows with them or just, you know, go see the, the venue. Maybe they're playing a venue we've never played in New York, so I want to go check it out, see if we want to play there or whatever. And, um, I, and then just one day I saw this band that we had, we had seen them or played a show with them uh, a month or two earlier, and they were very similar to our style. 
and um, and that's why I remembered them. And then I was looking at social media, and I like saw their tour schedule, and I was just like, that idea came into my head, and I feel like that's that was not that was inspired action because it's not like I was sitting down and being like, all right, we're gonna tour, and I, it's gonna be really hard. And well, in that vibration, that vibration that you're mimicking right now is a low frequency, and it's not a, yeah. an allowing vibration. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that but that led to but that tour led to. I mean, I think we did three tours through the Midwest uh, during the, the lifetime of that band, um, and every tour led to the next. Like every, uh, maybe not every single show, but most shows that we played, we met someone in that city. So the momentum kept building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, we did four. Sh I mean, the first tour was five shows. I think we just did five shows, um, and then the last one was, I think. 11 or 12 or something like that. So we, we doubled it by the third run and all of that was just making contacts. And again, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to play this place in Cleveland and we got to make sure that we meet another band there so that we get, but whatever. I mean, we definitely had that in our minds, but we, I mean, that's a possibility, but all, every contact uh, that we made was just out of the joy of playing and then seeing the joy of some other band playing and then just, just talking and then them like, hey, you know, I remember the the biggest show that Victor Bravo ever played surprised the heck out of us. Um, it was the final show. I think it might have been on our final tour. Um, we played Dayton, Ohio. And the reason we got that show was because we had played Athens, Ohio, which is a college town near Columbus. And we met this band from Dayton. They had been they had they had traveled down from Dayton to Athens, and we had been on tour, you know, um, from New York. And uh, we really liked the band from Dayton. And they said, "Oh, you guys want to play Dayton sometime?" I'm like, sure, you know, we'll, next tour we'll see if it works out. And uh, my bandmate and I were talking, and we're like, you know, we're, we'll play Dayton because we were just taking every opportunity we could. But we were just like. We, we had a lot of experience at that point, and we were like, yeah, there's not going to be anybody at that show. Because we just felt like the energy of the band, they were great. We love their music. We love them as people. But we're like, they don't have a lot of fans. Like, we're going to go to Dayton and play for their 10 fans. and Whatever. That's what we'll do. You know, we've done that before in other places. And, um, man, I'll never forget. We rolled into that, the, the street that the bar was on in Dayton. And um, I thought we had the wrong place at first because it was full <laughs> It was full. And I was like, oh my God, like, they have a huge following in Dayton? And they did. They had a huge following in Dayton. And we were like, oh, we, we completely misjudged them. <laughs> you can't really get, you know, like you talked to, at that time, like we talked to bands and it was like, how are you doing? And it's like, it's all just vagary. We're just like, oh, we're doing all right. You know, like that could mean we have 20 people to show. We have 200, 2000, like everybody's got different, you know, standards or whatever. So like this place was packed, and then we then we were like we've been through this thing before where we've been the opening band because we're the out of town band, and the place has a lot of people in it. And then is but by the time we get up to play and start the show, everybody's gone for their smoke break or whatever. They're waiting for the the headliner before they come back. So we're playing to like six people, and then two hundred people come in later. So we're like, oh man, 
okay, it's going to be like that. Like, it's packed, but they're all going to leave and then come. And every single one of them stayed. Like, nobody left the building. And we were like, like, and we we played for, that was our first, like, I it was not. It was a smaller venue, so I don't know if we can say we sold out. But I mean, there was no room to move in that place, yeah. and that to me, you know, again, we didn't set out and say, "Well, how can we book a show in Dayton, Ohio, and make sure that the band has a good following?" And da, da da da. It was just like we were just in the energy of like we just show up and play, man. Like you know, so we love this. When you first started your story, you were like, you know, I was doing what I love. I was playing yeah. in front of people, so you were in a in a better feeling state. Yeah. Um, and then because you kept doing it, um, you built momentum. Yeah. And I, and then, and that's what I was going to say with my story about my 50th. It was like, it wasn't that I was in this total blissful state the whole time. I had, a, I had some negative emotion. Like I had some worry thoughts, like, how am I going to come up with the other half of this money? Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. But because my joy was greater than my doubt and fear and negative thoughts it overrid it all and then this all these cool things happen and i have i'm going to call myself out i remember after the third person um hired me i remember thinking how am i going to do this again like yeah i was thinking i was doing it like it was all me and i freaked myself out because i'm like I can't do this. Like, blah, 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 blah. and all these negative thoughts came in, and I didn't do it again. Like that was, you know, it, it stopped the momentum. But um, I just think that's so widespread that phenomenon. And yeah, you, know, you talked earlier about I don't know if it was last week or this week about being sad because some people don't go do what they want. I mean, I just think that is so rampant, and I understand it. Like, I understand why, but so many people. Um, even if they have a little success, they stop doing what they really love doing because they're afraid of this future scenario where they're going to be expected to deliver something more than what they've already delivered. And they're viewing it from, oh, and everybody thinks that I just did this thing before, so I'm going to have to do that bigger thing. And I don't think I can pull that off, so everybody's going to be disappointed. I'm going to be embarrassed or humiliated or look like a failure or a fool or whatever. And like so many people like don't follow their dreams, don't do things they want in life because like, not because like it's impossible, but they're just like, they don't want to be under that like imagined state of pressure to deliver something thinking, well, if I'm the only person that can deliver that, I'm not good enough or strong enough or powerful enough or smart enough or talented enough, whatever, to do that all by myself. And it's like, I just want to like hug all of those people and myself when I get in that mode of thinking yeah, right? and just say, you don't have to do it. Like if you just become a channel for higher powers, magic, the universe is magic. Like you can do stuff that you never would imagine. Yeah. And I like, I, when you were saying that at the end, I was thinking about when you're, when Kelly has come on and she said, you know, fear isn't information. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I know. Right. Because we, so, so many of us, and I'm so guilty of that sometimes too, still, like, we treat oh, it as if it is. I wrote it down. I wrote it down and put it next to my bed because at the time I was like, yeah. And I will hear people, I'll hear myself too, I'll, but I'll hear, I'll definitely hear other people also, you know, I'll ask somebody sometimes, like, if, if somebody tells me, like, oh, I was, you know, I was a really big, you know, I was 
loved doing this thing in high school and I was really good at it and whatever, and then I completely stopped and I'll ask them why, and basically their answer is just the fear explanation. But they present it to me as if it's information. Like, oh, this this really scary thing could have happened down the line, so I quit. Mm. And it, it sounds like this smart, logical thing that they did to protect themselves against this big bad thing in the future, but it's like, oh, that's just, that. but that, those weren't facts. That's just yeah. something your imagination conjured up. Well, and that's that you. whole lizard brain thing again, too, yeah. right? Trying to protect us from yeah. imagined fear or, or detriment or this horrible thing that could possibly happen. You know, here's the thing, too, because... So I told the really great story of us getting to Dayton, Ohio, in the packed yeah. house, and everybody yeah. stays, and we yeah. have this amazing yeah. night. I mean, we had another time, I remember very clearly, and... Um, we played this place called Fat Baby, which was one of our favorite places. I think, I think it closed. I know, it's a great name, right? Um, it was a great place. It was on the Lower East Side and, um, in Manhattan. And um, we loved playing there. And we booked a show. I think it was a Sunday night, which is not a great night for a show. But actually, in New York, it's usually not too bad because a lot of people can't do weeknights, but they can do like weird nights like Sunday. So we promoted the show as we always did. And, you know, when... We work with a booker. They do expect us to bring some people, and um, and no, like literally, it was me, my drummer, and my drummer's girlfriend, and that was it. As New York City, there's 10 million people, and like we brought our drummer's girlfriend. That was it. <laughs> and I think, and so, and the sound guy, who who loved us, by the way, and it was really cool. <laughs> so that's that. If somebody's like has a dream of being in a rock band, right? And they're thinking of pursuing that. That's the nightmare scenario, right? It's one part of it, which is, what if I write songs and work really hard and rehearse and make an album and all this stuff, and I go to play a show, and the only person that comes is my bandmate's girlfriend and the sound guy. Like, what? And people will quit on a whole, or not even start a whole dream because of looking at that image in their mind. Well, here's what happened that night. We had a freaking blast. Like, the booker was not thrilled with us, but we had done other shows with him where we brought people, so he knew we weren't, like, you know, incapable of bringing people. He was like, ah, it was a Sunday night, it was a weird night, whatever. The sound guy, who was a musician himself also, and, and w does nothing but watch four bands a night, you know, seven days a week, whatever, came up to us and just was like, you guys are amazing. I was so blown away by that show. He's like, I, like, I just ignore a lot of bands because they don't excite me. Like, you guys are so amazing. And, like, the four, it was literally four of us in a bar, mm -hmm. and we had a blast. Yeah. So, like, and that would be my worst nightmare, too. If I was in my negative thinking about it, it's like, oh, what's my worst nightmare? It's like, oh, that's it. Like, that's it. Yeah. And I still had a blast. Like, nobody died. Nobody went broke. Yeah. The dream wasn't dead. We did, we had tons of shows after that where lots of people came. Like, it's like, the yeah, that whole fear is not information thing. It's just so huge. So, basically, do what you love for the love of it. Just do what you love for the love of it. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, to your point from the very beginning, it's like this illusion that your effort is required. Just try to practice letting go of that. Yeah. Yeah. Just show up. Show up. Yeah, just show up and let go. Like, show up and let go. Like, you, your effort is not 
the driver. It's not the important part of the equation, you know. It, it's a it's a component sometimes, but the far more important thing is just be in the flow. Think good thoughts. Be feeling good feelings. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that feels like a natural stopping point right there. So uh, we hope you got something out of that. Um, I know I did, but we hope you did too. Um, we're so happy that you joined us today by listening or watching. Um, please remember that we are posting a brand new episode for you every single Monday morning at this point. We truly appreciate you doing whatever your platform allows you to do to support the podcast, liking us, following us, subscribing to us, leaving us a comment, and writing us a review. All of those things help other people find the podcast. Um, all our social media links and our email address are in the description in the YouTube version of this uh, episode in the description down below. We wish you a happy and abundant week where you are in the flow and have to effort very little or not at all. And we look forward to you joining us again on the very next episode of Co-Creation Station. Bye, everybody. Bye.